Welcome back to the Real Rap Podcast. Joining us today is a lifelong hooper, a hell of a screen setter, I will add, and an assistant coach for the SEC women's basketball team, Greg Marshall. In this episode, we'll get into Greg's background, balancing family, career, and coaching with his own love for playing hoops over the years, and what has him excited for his first year helping our last guest, Britt Kennedy, as they head into their season at SCC. So love doing this one. Greg is the best and I think represents so many real rats out there who maintain their love of hoops through all the responsibilities that come with life as we age. So without further ado, let's get to the pod. All right. Well, Greg Marshall, welcome to the Real Rat Podcast. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. I'm I'm pumped to have you. And uh, I've mentioned you on the pod many times. And I know you you listen as well. But uh, we've had the pleasure of getting to know each other through our weekly hoops game, um, which is a great way and the best way probably to get to know somebody when you get to compete with them. Yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna give my like initial interpretation. So so when we first started playing, I just remember you as like this tough sob that I didn't really want to get in between. Just with the the picks you were setting, and just you, you know if you're gonna seal me down low, I hated guarding you down in the post, and um and and I could definitely feel it if I ever played against you the next day. Uh, but as time's gone on. You know, I've I've just, of course, gotten to know you more and more, and and appreciated you and your game more and more. So, it's an honor to have you, and I'm excited to talk to you. I, I just to talk background, like we always do a little bit, and then also your connection to our last guest, Brittany Kennedy, sure. as the, uh, you know, as you're heading into your first year and her second year with uh, Spokane Women's Basketball Team at CC. Yeah, SCC. So, Sounds good. all right, but let's go. Uh, Let's go beginning. So did I see you're a Montana guy? Is that right? I was I wasn't born there. I was born okay. in Spokane, but did my the majority of my growing up was in Montana in Billings. Okay. So when did you move to Montana? Uh six I remember sixth grade. So sixth grade, I started sixth grade in in Billings. Okay. I did I did a second my second half of my fifth grade year was in Bozeman. Okay. And then uh, at the end of the school year, moved to Billings. Okay. And went sixth grade through high school. Sixth grade through high school. And why did you move there? Uh, my dad was uh, teaching at Mon- Montana State. Okay. And he had just gotten that job in Bozeman. And then they had some budget cuts. So last guy in, first guy out. So uh, lost his teaching job. And then he found a job in Billings. So packed up the family and okay moved. So my, my family's from, uh, my parents are from Butte, Montana. So a lot okay. of my relatives are from there. You got a lot of good buddies, college buddies from Butte. Nice. So. Yeah. And I always think it's funny now with, you know, we call this real rat and the Butte rat was like a big thing. Sure. Forever. That's a, um, just that moniker and being tough and being from, you know, hard nosed place. Yeah. Um, but we have good friends in Billings as well. So I spent okay. some time there. Okay. Um, all right. So, so you're growing up a little bit in Spokane probably majority in in montana it sounds like so why are you playing sports early like what's your what do you like as a kid uh i liked basketball the most um my mom had me play soccer up through fourth grade i tried base uh little league baseball i was put out in right field uh, it just wasn't it yeah. wasn't for me <laughs> so i started liking basketball probably a lot in fourth grade going into fifth grade so I'm in, we're living in Oregon when I started my fifth grade year. So I got to play a season there. Then we mm. moved to Bozeman, got to play another season because it was at a, a middle school. Sweet. So you got so two, I got two, two seasons and, <laughs> and that kind of, that's probably when it started. And that was my sport after yeah. that. I played and I played some golf. I was decent at golf, played golf in high school. Okay. So, but primarily basketball. And then... Or did you have uh, athletic family? Like, were other people? Do you have siblings or anything? I have three sisters and a brother. Okay, so I'm second oldest, and my sisters were cheerleaders or drill team. Okay, um, so not a lot of athletics. I was the only one. They played sports when they were really, really young, yeah. just like we all do. But okay, um, nothing that. Now, I-, I like to ask this. So, like. 
and we've covered a decent amount of time, but if somebody would have caught you back then, like right when you're first starting to play and asked you like what you wanted to be when you grew up, was it like NBA player or was it something far different than that at that point? Probably would have been like a police officer or mm. firefighter. We've had a couple like people that. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? As seemed cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah, it's because like a community member. And, yeah. 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 You yeah. looked up to them. Um, well, it was probably my, yeah. That was probably would have been my okay. answer back then. All right, so you go off to high school, Billing Central. Yeah, I went to right? Billing Central. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, Catholic high school. Yep, Catholic uh, high school. I went to Catholic high school as well. So you went to Butte Central? No, so oh. I grew up in Salt Lake. Okay. Uh, my dad ended up. He played football at Utah, so then that took my oh, family okay. out of out of Butte. But we'd always be going back. And, gotcha. Um, but anyway, yeah, I know. Uh, was, and and that back then was it like back then I'm gonna call Greg old there I am uh, old. <laughs> um, how was it like pretty strict Catholic school high school was it what was it like uh, I thought it was strict yeah. I had gone to uh, the junior high and the grade school Catholic grade school and Catholic junior high school in Billings so um, it seems strict comparative to the public schools mm -hmm. we had. Uh, we had to take a certain curriculum. We had to take a religion class. Uh, we had to wear uniforms. Yeah, I was gonna ask we you. had a kind of like, like a dress code, okay. which was relax more relaxed when we got to high school, but had a strict dress code in in seventh and eighth grade. Mm -hmm. um, was it like tie and on all that? Seventh or? and eighth grade, it was um, black a blacker blue pants, okay, and had to be a white shirt, okay. I think that was it. And then the girls had to wear a certain plaid uh, right. skirt, skirt and white yeah. blouse. So. Certain length and all yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Ours was like khakis. And then I think at a certain point you could wear like a polo, but it was like a blue button up and like khakis was yeah. like the uniform. I just remember a lot of white short sleeve button up shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then right away, are you, you playing hoops and... Is that still your main thing? Yep, main main thing. I was taking golf lessons through the summer, but um, other than that, it was hoops. Yeah. So I played in junior high, and then once I got to high school, um, I had interesting high school career to say the least, but yeah. made it through. Why is that? Can you share? Um, so I'm five seven, maybe a hundred and twenty five pounds until I'm a junior. Okay, or through my junior year. Yeah. So freshman year, I make the freshman team great. I don't think they cut anybody. Sophomore year, um, trying out for JV and varsity, and they have two cuts. So f after the first week of tryouts, the first cut, mm -hmm. and the second week, do a second cut. So after the first week, they post the names, and I look at the, at the list, and I'm not there. So I thought I got cut as a sophomore. I go home. I'm emotional right you know my mom's trying to console me and the coach calls and says where are you <laughs> and i said well you cut me and he says no i didn't i sorry i forgot your name so oh i show gosh. up go through another week and then looked at the final cuts and there's my name um, not on the list to stay so i got wow. basically got cut again <laughs> and so tried um just kept hooping um Took it pretty hard, but I just kept hooping. Mm -hmm. So come Christmas, a guy that had made the team moved he for family reasons or playing time reasons. Mm. So opened up a spot, and the coach called me and said, hey, guy left, got a roster spot if you want it. So I took it, and so I, you know, I got cut, came back, got cut, came back. My gosh. Got yeah, so that's soft. That's sophomore year. Played JV, junior year made the JV team. Um, didn't make varsity, and then when I was a senior, um, made the varsity. And so. then, and then senior year, did you like have a growth spurt as well? Or yeah, I, I grew up. My mom says five. It could have been five to six inches between my junior, like at the end of my junior year. So after basketball season. Um, and then I showed up, I was about six one, six two, showing up as a senior. Okay. Still probably about 130 pounds. <laughs> it was pretty small. <laughs> but how did that, cause that, that happened to me from like, 
basically like to my eighth grade to freshman year, I went from like five three to six foot, and then oh. I went from six foot to six three by like a sophomore. So I and that's when I kind of you know peaked like height wise. Yeah, but my game had definitely been more so like a guard just from growing up being little so did you yeah. have that okay. same thing yeah. yeah i was one of the taller kids on our team as a senior that could dribble yeah <laughs> um because if you were six three six four or if you were tall as a young kid you know back then you were you're a post automatically a post yeah. and so there wasn't a lot of skill development back then so um yeah i i could dribble i could pass okay and um uh, yeah, so yeah. I had those guard skills as a taller kid. Yeah. Um, and I think by the time I graduated, I was probably six three and a half, okay. close to six four. Yeah. And I think I, that's where I topped off. And that's, I mean, and maybe that contributed to why you just kept continuing playing on too because you never, yeah, it's, it's, it's like I always think back on like the kids I played against growing up who were like, yeah, they were like centers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they got to high school, they were playing point guard because <laughs> they just never grew <laughs> right anymore. And then there's other guys that I talk about it with my friends a lot. You see, you go to these parks now to play hoops or you go to a court anywhere and you'll just see these guys that have just continued playing forever. So then they've just gotten better and better and better over the years. Maybe weren't even playing high school basketball or college basketball or anything like that. Yeah. And you just see what consistency does over time and just playing a lot. So. Yeah, lots of reps. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so you, you round out the year, and then you go to Gonzaga? Yeah, went to Gonzaga. Okay. So And was that just – was there any specific reason for that, or you just wanted to – The main reason I chose Gonzaga was because they gave me the better financial aid package. Mm. I only applied to three schools, and – it was primarily Gonzaga and University of Montana. Okay. And so it came down to I was going to – I had to pay my own way, and they gave me the better financial aid package. So I chose I chose Gonzaga over yeah. being a Grizz. And my sister was – I have an older sister, and she is was at Gonzaga too. So okay. that helped because I – we'd always come back to Spokane, living in Montana, to visit relatives. Mm. Came back, I think, every summer, and then my sister was already there, so – I think it made me feel more comfortable yeah. choosing Gonzaga um, coming out of high school. So Yeah, so you, you return to Spokane, and uh, you get here, and what's it like? Like, what's your, what's your college experience like then? And I, I was just looking at when you went there. looked like there was a player by the name of John Stockton who had been there right kind of before that. So yeah. not so you kind of came right after that, right? Well, I, I started 1987. Okay, fall of '87 is when I enrolled as a freshman, and he had just he had graduated, I think, in '84. Yeah, so I knew of him, and um, of his NBA start of his career, and um, yeah, so get to Gonzaga, and um, it was great. Yeah, freshman year started off good. I started as a physics major, mm. and this is has a good hoop tie-in. I started as a physics major, and I have to have a, a lab and a certain number of classes. And I have one class that's four days a week, and then the lab is, I think, four days a week. And my roommate, shout out to my roommate Lance, um, my roommate's in accounting. And so after about the second week, uh, we you know see each other in our dorm room, and he's like, dude, you are missing some good hoop <laughs> at noon. Noon ball is yeah. awesome here. And is this like in the rec or what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah. So, okay. um, back then it was in the McCarthy, not, okay. not, excuse me, not in the McCarthy, but in the, uh, Martin center. Okay. And so, um, I went down one afternoon with them and it was good in the afternoon, but he said, it's much better at noon. Mm. And I couldn't go because I had to be at the lab. Yeah. And so I changed my major. <laughs> before the semester to accounting like he does so I can have the same schedule. So I ended up dropping physics, went to accounting. Um, just it was primarily so I could get <laughs> run, runs in. And that they were incredible. great. We would show up about 11, 15 so you could get to first court. And then we would end up playing until probably 2.30 or 3. Wow. And then go try to be first at the cafeteria for 
early dinner. Yeah, that's out. That is amazing. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and partly of what I was excited about this conversation is that's something we talk about in the pod a little bit, like this idea of like noon ball, right? And mm-hmm. it's and just having that lifelong love of hoops and while trying to balance all these other things in your life and you know it's always funny now you go and play noon ball with people and they're like all right we got 45 minutes i gotta be back for this or right. you know they come in wearing their work clothes and right. they gotta get changed out so i love that to me just epitomizes like a real rat right you just love basketball you're willing to change your major you know to oh do it. there were so <laughs> many so looking back there's so many things that i did that i don't think a normal pers- person would do just for hoop yeah yeah. yeah, I, I will. Maybe we'll get to okay. a couple more of them. But okay. um, all right. So you go through your four years. How is the basketball team at that point? Because I, I like to like bring this up, too, because a lot of people now just know of Gonzaga as this powerhouse, yeah. you know, basketball school. But uh, I don't they weren't great. Maybe 500 ish. OK. Um, I remember as a freshman, uh, you know, we went to the games. I was part of the kennel club. Okay. Um, and it had just started. It was in its infancy um, back then. But went to the kennel club function before the game. And then we could walk in after tip-off. And I remember walking in a few games after tip-off and sitting on the first bleacher row with my feet on the court. Wow. And then I could lean back because <laughs> no one was sitting behind right. me. And I could reach out and not touch anybody there. So it wasn't you know, the crowd was not what it is today, obviously. Right. Um, but they were, you know, okay. I would say um, my freshman year through, uh, I think, my junior year, I think they were maybe below five hundred, mm-hmm. maybe eight, okay. eight to ten wins. And yeah, and it 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 certainly wasn't probably buzzing from like a crowd perspective by that point either. No, no. Um, small venue in the Martin Center. And, um, I mean, they had good players, yeah. I thought. Uh, I thought the players were, yeah. were really good. And being from Montana and the campus was really small, the the enrollment back then, I think we had 2,500 total students back then. So there's a group of us from Montana that kind of came together as a group. And then there was the, uh, the basketball players. Mm-hmm. And I think both groups were, I wouldn't say outcast, but just – kind of separate from the regular student body. So we kind of hung together. Yeah. And so got to know a lot of the players um, my sophomore and junior year. Okay. And then the whole time you're still just playing noon hoops or whenever you can play? Yeah. uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, noon ball. Tuesday, Thursday was an afternoon run. (laughs) um, And they could go late. And then there was intramurals, played uh, intramurals every season. And then... After my sophomore year, um, I was playing a lot and was I thought of playing well. A lot of guys at noon would ask, like, where are you a student here? Mm-hmm. Do, you play, do you play here? Right. Et cetera. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just a student. And so after my sophomore year, I thought about transferring to go and try and play. Yeah. But Especially because you were a late bloomer, too. Yeah. So it was probably, probably I was, asking yourself, what if, maybe? A yeah, bit. I was. Yeah kind of having those questions and I was really scared to to leave. Mm. One I didn't know anything about how credits would transfer, mm. how what a financial aid package would be like because I was paying for my education and I just had, had, had no one to talk to about it. Mm. Like what would it look like? How do I even get in touch with yeah. the school? So I thought about it. I told my roommate, you know, I might I'm thinking about transferring after this sophomore year, I don't know what to do. And I came to the conclusions of graduating with a degree was more important than paying off your student loans and getting a job was more important than that. Mm. And the fact that I didn't just didn't know how to navigate that landscape. So I stayed Mm. and played uh, intramurals and noon ball through my junior year. And then I knew I was going to stay. So I, I decided I'd try to walk on my senior year. Oh, cool. Okay. So I called Fitz, Fitz, Dan Fitzgerald, the summer after my junior year, called him at home and asked if I could have a shot. 
Mm-hmm. And he said, sure. You got to be at school August 10th or 12th. Um, we'll start conditioning. And, uh, yeah, we'll give you a tryout. Awesome. So so how'd it go? <laughs> uh, it, it was it was great to get for him to say yes. Yeah. And it was that was uh, a very uh, a big honor for me. Yeah. I was excited. I worked all summer, um, tried to get in shape. I knew that Fitz did a conditioning test mm-hmm. at the end of of um, uh, the or the be- before before practices yeah. would officially start. That's how we would do it too. Yeah, yeah you had to run a ten miler in eighty minutes or less. Oof. And I think it was more about you know, can you make it through the pain yeah. rather than being in shape. So I, I trained for that all summer, um, played a lot of hoop, and then showed up in August and um, got to run. You know, we were we were conditioning, and then we were having uh, runs in the afternoon. Got to play with John a couple times. Cool. That was uh, that he was, was coming fun. back in the yeah, summers. So yeah, he was there and getting ready for training camp in October. So we could do some runs, and um, about three weeks in, I blow an ankle. Oof. And um, that took me about three weeks to to get back playing yeah. again. So I think I lost some time there, and uh, made it to picture day. No way! And so, picture day, Fitz calls me in his office and says, um, "I'd love to keep you, but I can't." Mm. And so this a very kind way of saying, "I'm, yeah. I'm cutting you." Yeah. Um, so so did you get a picture? Or no? no, they were. <laughs> I, I had a sense because I went in the locker room and there's uniforms set all laid out for yeah. the guys, and and I knew I didn't see uniforms, and and then um, one of the grad assistants said, "Hey, Fitz wants to see you." So okay, ended up going up to his office, and uh, I think we talked for about an hour and a half. Wow, yeah, that's a heck of a like consolation though for well, him to sit there and talk. Yeah, yeah, I I I knew his daughter Kelly. Okay, um, as a freshman, so. I'd met Dan before, and he knew who I was, and um, we talked. You know, he got the cut, the cutting part over quick, and then we yeah. just talked hoops for a while. And that's great, though. I don't know that many coaches would do that. So, no, he, yeah, he was a tremendous guy. That's yeah, awesome for many, many reasons. So, did that. Um, so then, end up my senior year, um, just playing intramurals and and hooping at new. Yeah. yeah. Well. Running and uh, basketball has been an interesting topic on this. I had to look over at Brennan when you said that uh, 10 miles in 80 minutes. What do you think about that, Brennan? What? I mean, I, it's a good thing they didn't do that. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many basketball players could do that. I mean, well, I was just talking. So I went to school in Colorado Springs, which is like a giant elevation. And mm. there's a thing there called the incline. If anybody ever goes to Colorado, or you can look this up, it's like the Olympic training facility is there. So they have like Olympians go. I think Paulo Ono, Anton Paulo Ono has like the record or something, someone told me. And our thing was you have to do that. And you're basically like lunging up a mountain. It's it's like these giant like steps. It was like a railroad that they turned into like oh, now wow. like this. They put these big like wooden pillars that you just step up. Oh, gosh. And we had to do it in 30 minutes was the thing. And, they, and I just looked up the av- They say the average, if you're just like someone going to go up it, you should expect an hour and 15 minutes. So I was thinking like 30 minutes is <laughs> insane. And like like two people would do it. I did it my last two years. I was I was proud of that. But it uh, yeah, it's it's always funny, like the conditioning test that gets brought up a lot on this podcast. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, I had talked to players, my freshman, sophomore, I knew about it. And they said, if you don't pass, you don't get to practice. Mm. And then you have to retest and retest until you do it. Oh, wow. So guys that were out of shape couldn't do it. But the guys that were in shape, um, they said, it's a piece of cake. All yeah. you need to do is have a good playlist. And so mm. uh, I got good advice. Like You need ACDC, <laughs> high, you know, high... High beats per minute, <laughs> yeah. and put in a Walkman, which is. I was about to say, what? What do you? What's even you playing at that point? That's like the so, old school. So Sony Walkman, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, it's about this big. That's awesome. Um, so that's what I did. I had a ACDC pod uh, playlist, and Get another little... guy had to run it with me because he was late to joining the team. 
Um, he was a grad assistant that had played already. His name was Martin mm. Dioli. So Martin just said, this is going to be a piece of cake, Greg. Get your playlist, and we'll just pace. And so um, That's cool. I remember Greer and Few, they were grad assistants at the time. Oh, wow. They were sit. One of them was sitting in the back of a little Datsun on the back <laughs> tailgate as and like the pace car. Oh, my like god! Like they let us go. And we ran out <laughs> by um, the bull and pitcher. Okay. On that on that road, and uh, we we went five, and then turned around, and came back, and it was looking back, it seemed like it was a relatively easy. Yeah. As long as you keep a good pace. And, yeah. So. Well, that's great. It sounds like they were looking out for you too, and and trying to at least help you succeed. Um, wow. So yeah, that well, that's that's interesting too. I mean, you so you saw you've obviously seen Gonzaga's rise, and to to see. Few and Greer as assist or grad assistants at that point. I mean, have you kept any yeah. relationship with them over the years? Or uh, when I see, uh, not with Greer. Mm -hmm. um, when I see Few, like, rarely. But when I see him in town in public, um, he knows who I am. I know. Yeah. He, I'll say hi, Mark, and you have to bring up relatively the, the pace casual. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Not that he remembers, but um, I was an intramural ref. At GU, that was my work study job. Okay, and there was a girl that was a year younger than me. Her name was Marcy, and she w worked in the intramural office. And so I'd go get my gear from Marcy and go ref uh, flag football or something. And mm -hmm. then I'd come back, and there was this guy standing there waiting for her to get off shift, and it was Mark. Mm. And so um, they ended up getting married. Yeah, that's right. But um, that was the first time I'd met Mark was back when I was probably a sophomore junior. Okay. I'm sure you got you're 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 a fishing guy too and I know he is as well. So Yeah. I like to fly fish. No yeah. Mark does too. Um now do you also meet your wife in college? Or later? Uh art that's fun that's <laughs> a it's a convoluted type story. Yeah. I met her when I was in high school. Okay. She's a year older than I am. So okay. she's at Carroll College as a freshman. And me and my soon-to-be college roommate, we're still seniors in high school, and he lives in Sydney, Montana. And he calls me up and says, let's go visit my sister, hmm. who's a freshman at Carroll. And so Lance says, let's, I'll pick you up, and we'll drive to Helena, and we'll hang out with my sister Libby. So we do that as high school seniors, and that's when I first met Macy, my wife, okay, because she was Libby's roommate. Oh, man, that's awesome. And then we just ran into each other for over the next five years. And then she moved here for a job and ran into her again. Wow. And we had this mutual uh, connection. Her really good friend was the sibling of my college roommate and best mm. friend. So That's like the universe just yeah, made it happen. Yeah, I think right it was supposed to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's... Uh, that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot in there I would have never known. So you have that experience your senior year, you graduate, and then are you immediately looking for jobs? Like what's the, what's the after college transition like? Yeah. So I'm an, I'm an accounting major through my junior year and I can't, uh, I can't get a, a higher than a C plus in intermediate accounting. And mm -hmm. I think that's probably an important thing. So I drop accounting and, and get a finance degree. I got an accounting minor. Okay. And so all the account accounting uh, majors were getting interviews with big firms and securing jobs and not so much for the finance guys. So I was, you know, interviewing, trying to find something and I couldn't find anything in, in town. I was working at Jack and I got a job at Jack and Dan's. So oh, nice. I bartended at Jack and Dan's for a while. Um, I got a, was then Jack was there and yeah. I'm sure yeah mm, JC and that's great um, got so I was working there at nights and then I found a job locally at a credit union um, working on the teller line and um, I was faced with I was living in an on-campus house okay through the summer because it was kind of free yeah and I was gonna lose that when school started so <laughs> I was either move back to Helena and try to find a job um, so I went looking for. Uh, a job, tried to hook up with a, one of the board of regents at GU. Mm. I had a regent scholarship, so I thought he would, you know, know me or help me out. 
And I was talking to him, basically begging for a job. And another guy walked in that was working there at this credit union. And his name was Tom Scrobit. And Tom says, you don't want to work here, which was odd. And he called uh, a supervisor with the agency that I work for now and says, I think I got a guy for you. Grab my resume, said, send me the paperwork. Long story short, um, if that guy hadn't walked in and made a phone call right there in front of me, I wouldn't have got the job with the agency that I have. Wow. So why did, do you think he did that or why? Because he was an ex-agency guy. Okay. So he had just retired. He, I think he spent 30 or 32 years with the agency. And then he retired, went to work at this credit union. And he was paying it forward, maybe. He was mm. kindness of his heart. It was yeah. great because if that hadn't happened to me, I who knows? Yeah. yeah, and you've been there since, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So um, that job, it's a it's government job, and the duty station happened to be in San Jose. Okay. So um, I convinced um, the agency to let me live in Spokane for six months, go through the initial part of training um, in primary so I could continue. To, there was good runs, and I could still get into the Martin Center. <laughs> I was at just about to say, I, I, I literally was going to ask you, so I know hoops wouldn't have been far from your heart at this time, so how are you continuing? So at that point, you're still on campus and playing a little bit. Still, still just wherever I, yeah, yeah, getting on campus at noon. And they didn't, you know, they didn't really have a uh, robust security um, protocol yeah. for noon ball. So no key cards or no key card, point, no nothing. Yeah. You just showed up. And as long as you didn't get into a fight, um, I don't think there was even anyone supervising. Mm. And so there were professors, students, grad students, people in law school, um, people that just worked and lived in the community that were hoopers. Wow, that's cool. Um, They'd all kind of go to kind of if you yeah. knew about it, you could get yeah. and got in there. Sometimes you go with like a five, or are you just like picking up, you know, when you got there, guys, and going from there? Uh, first, first ten. Yeah, yeah, and then you shoot shoot for the yeah first five, and then you're off and going. That's great. Yeah, I can imagine if if word gets around that there's a pretty good game, you'd probably draw from all over town. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So now you're, you're, and then, yeah, you mentioned once too that didn't you play in a couple of programs too? Like, so my job with the agency, I had to go back to DC and for training periodically. And then I had to eventually get down to the Bay Area. So I was down there for six months. I kept getting lost. I uh, <laughs> missed my exit too many times. And I just, it wasn't for me. So hmm. luckily, Again, uh, an, uh, a vacancy or a job up here in Spokane with the agency opened up. Mm. They had an examiner leave. So I wrote a memo and I said, I can be back to Spokane in two days. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay. So I moved back. 19, uh, it would be the fall of 92. Okay. So I graduated in May 91, ended up in the Bay Area finally six months so i'm back here in 92 and then they were running a pro-am up at mead mm. i think that fall and a buddy of mine that i uh, got an apartment through here had played at gu for two years and and um he said hey we could we got a spot for you if you want to want to play so mm. his name is paul so paul hooked me up with his team and i think steve steve stockton was our point guard on that team okay. and some other guys. I was going to ask you when you met Steve or how that happened. So I think I'm, I think that was my memories of fuzzy <laughs> being so old, but yeah. I think it was 92 okay. was when, and John had a team of guys and Elo had a team. And so there was a lot of good hoop, yeah, a lot of college, some pro, um, just really good hoopers in town yeah. playing in this pro-am. Um, and they, we played up at Mead. It's amazing because I always say, if people were to understand how good of run, you know, is here now and then, but to hear even then, you know, to, to list off all those. And then you have a lot, and makes sense. A lot of that is like their offspring still playing, you mm -hmm. know, here in town and keeping right. up those traditions. So right. <laughs> cool. Well, you have any fun, were there any fights in the program or any, uh, not that I, run -ins not that, that I can remember. <laughs> it was very competitive. Yeah. Very, very competitive. And I don't, I don't recall if there were referees or not. Interesting, um, but to call your own. <laughs> good, yeah. 
but very good runs. And then I just kept playing with Steve and that group. Yeah. We ended up forming a team, most of the guys, and we played in a couple times. We played in the, the rec league here in Spokane. We would got in the rec league and played in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. So I know Steve, myself, and Paul, we usually hook up and drive to Coeur d'Alene every Sunday to mm. That's play, great. play a game. So, and then at what point, like you're doing all these things, at what point does coaching come into it? Uh, my first coaching gig was when I just moved back. My friend Paul, he got the freshman head job at East Valley. And he said, I need an assistant. And yeah. you're, you happen to be in town, so you need to help me out. <laughs> so I helped him out for one season. That was my first introduction to coaching. So I was probably 20, 23. And we just did one season. And that was enough. And then I didn't coach until um, my son Luke, he was born. And then I think when he turned four or five, we started with little dribblers type stuff, mm -hmm. YMCA league yeah. stuff. So got in coaching him, coached him through probably by the time he hit middle school. And then he kind of hooked up with a more of a more developed type, um, mm -hmm. hand-picked type team. Mm -hmm. And so it was at that point that, and I had known Tim Gaby because um, he was in our group hoop group and um, talked to Tim about helping him out th in the summer. And then he asked me, this would have been for a couple years um, between the time I stopped coaching Luke and then Tim asked me to help him 2016, 2017 season. Okay. And he was, he was the head coach at Shadle Park High okay. School. And he had a bunch of seniors and said, I, you know, would you like to help out? I could use your help. So he had Tanner Groves was our center. Okay. Uh, Markeith Brown, um, some other some other players that I memories. Yeah, well, it's tough to recall me, so. the stats and <laughs> so I, things. That's when I first got into high school coaching. Okay. High school. And I want to get into some of that too. I have that here, but I wanted to ask as far as coaching. So you've you've played now. You know you've been a lifelong hooper. I'm always curious. You go. You know you've both played now you go to coach like how did that change your perspective on the game being a coach and like something maybe you didn't get as a player or see as a player right like we all kind of see a coach in a certain way when you're a player but then you become a coach I'm always curious sort of how the game changes or what your perspective is uh, I think as a coach there's there's different I don't want to say priorities, but there's a different, different objectives, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and it goes, it goes a little bit deeper as a player. Like, well, I just want to make the team. I want to play. Yeah. And I have to learn the offense and do what coach says. But as a coach, it's, you know, there's scouting the other team. There's being in shape, the mm -hmm. importance of being in shape, the importance of, of, what player knows the offense or can execute the offense, the difference between right. game IQ and athleticism right. is a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's a fascinating topic to me and I'm sure we'll hear more and more. There's pretty much everyone who's been in here has been a coach of some sort to give back to the game, but all right. So let's talk a little bit. I want to bring up, you mentioned Luke, but, you're also at this time you're balancing family life, right? And and I, I know what that was like. I played my dad coached me for a long time. Um, but you have how many kids? Two. Okay. So and then is Luke the youngest? Yeah, he's the youngest. My daughter Abby is f almost five, four and a half, four and okay. three quarters years older. Did she play basketball? At all? No. Okay. She was a dancer. And was it in your was your wife a basketball? player or anything she, no. i think she played her freshman year broke her wrist and that was it oh no okay because i heard you say once you you, you bargained is either like hoops or, or golf like to to remain playing at this point because and golf's probably a much oh, greater <laughs> time suck walking i've mm. I'd, i've had a number of injuries yeah and at, at one point my wife said it's either like you have to walk right so <laughs> you're gonna have to figure this out so 
you can continue to play and get hurt, but you better be able to walk or I'm, you know, this is a deal breaker. Right. You gonna, <laughs> and so when we're old, you got to be able to walk and yeah, point taken. Yeah. All right. Well, so speaking of Luke, he comes and plays with us as well. And it's been fun getting to know him um, and just playing with him. Hell of a player. I was talking about it on another podcast and I think he certainly could be playing somewhere if he wanted to. But um, what I want to ask is, I guess let's start with like coaching them and, and that experience, right? Cause I had that experience too. And it's talked about a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, some people, it, it can be very sensitive to it. Like other players, other parents, a lot of the time, like the other parents are, are thrilled because nobody else wants to do it. Right. Um, but are you harder on him because you're, are you like, what's that experience coaching him? So it was, it was a little bit different when he was younger. It I don't think I was harder on him. Yeah. And it was it was great. Yeah. Overall coaching him has was great. Yeah. I wouldn't uh wouldn't trade it for anything. Um so younger it's just, you know, they look great out there and they're right. dribbling and you know, we didn't score a point, but they had fun and yeah. it was that type of thing. Getting to high school and coaching him through high school it was different because I was only an assistant. And so I tried purposely not to come across with the other coaches as being playing favorites. Right. And so that was, um, I was always mindful of that. And um, that eliminated me, my input on certain things mm. um, when coaches talk. Yeah. Um, but I tried really hard to just treat him as an, another kid mm-hmm. on the team and then just be a coach during practice and then be a dad afterwards. And I tried to be really mindful and that was hard. Yeah. Um, but I think I did okay. Um, I'd be interested to see what he would say, <laughs> yeah. but I would, I mean, I would come home from practice and I'd say, so, Hey, how was practice? Yeah. Knowing that I already know the answer, but I was just trying to stay in that role as see what his perspective was yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense yeah the car rides home sometimes in a heated after a heated game or something can always be tough or silence you know at times or whatever but as soon as he got his driver's license then he took his yeah own own car we would never (laughs) drive together um and then the other part of that is like playing basketball together so i've known a couple people like this over the years but it's fairly rare right and i I think this is one of the things that i i love about you guys and like playing with the both of you is just seeing like the the, it's one thing to coach but it's anything to actually play together right or like play against Mm -hmm. each other because it's a different bond that's being formed when you're actually there on the court together you know going through it battling through something whatever it is. And you guys have this, I laugh sometimes when he'll kind of talk some shit to you or something on the other (laughs) (laughs) side of it. So when we're playing against each other on opposite teams, yeah, he'll, he'll say, give me some shit or (laughs) say something to try to distract me. Um, and so that's fun. And, um, and we're playing together. Like last week he came on a run up at stocks and we got stock says, Hey, do you want to, you want to play with him the last time yeah. because I'm taking him to school tomorrow. And so I'm like, yeah. So we got to play together. Oh, that's great. That was fun too because that's rarely happens. Stocks. I was going to say, we, yeah, teams. it doesn't generally happen like that. Right. Yeah. When Stocks picks teams, it usually we're separated. So we got to play together, which was great. Yeah. Because then, you know, I'm a willing passer and yeah. I know what he prefers and um, things that he's really, really good at mm-hmm. and try to put him in those situations. And yeah, it was fun. Well, I'm sure I said this before. I'm sure he'll be a wreck, uh, terror himself over the next four years. He's headed to Oregon and, yeah. uh, yeah, he's a hell of a player. I, I like playing oh, with him and against him. So, um, all right. Well, what else did I want to cover? So, yeah. Oh, I know what I wanted to say was the, uh, I want to talk about, we talked about Steve and how he got connected to that, but I'm going to talk about um, just your style of play. Because you got a gritty style, right? Like you can set some really good picks. You're competitive as hell. So where did you always have that? Or like is that kind of the coaching you coming out when you're out there or what? Well, um, 
there, there, you could probably find quite a few guys that I've played hoop with over the years that would say, and this could be false, <laughs> that I don't play a lot of defense. I don't know. So, anyway, it's kind of a joke with a couple of guys <laughs> that I'm close with. Anyway, um, playing when I when I started playing a lot at GU, um, I started to figure out how, like how how am I going to get open in this randomness, there's mm-hmm. no set structure. Right. How do I get open and how do I get the ball to me? And so I learned, you know, I kind of figured that out that the yeah. back pick is a pretty good move if you can back pick the top or the wing. Right. And typically the defense hasn't already figured out like, what are we gonna do on screens? Are we right. switching or not? So, <laughs> right. um, so I kind of learned at GU playing noon ball, that aspect. And then as I got older um, and given my height and had a couple pounds, <laughs> um, playing in the post was another way, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of tried to figure how do I, you know, what do I have to do to create an opening or, mm-hmm. or an advantage and, you know, post screens or, or uh, high post screens and rolls and, and stuff like yeah. that. I'm not a good pick and roll guy setting the pick. Mm. I'm better with the ball, but... Um, just post to post or yeah. back screens and stuff. But you can step out and, and rip it from far as well. And it's, I, I just, it's incredible actually to see, cause a lot of, you hear a lot of athletes talk about this. It's like, it's such a, you get to, you know, 35 in the NBA, let's say, or like a pro that's your, you're like a dinosaur almost, you know, at this mm-hmm. point. So they always talk about how you have all this knowledge of the game, but your body can't keep up with everybody else who's playing at that level right so it's really i love like playing with guys who've been playing forever because it's just amazing to see they just know every little trick and they know they've adapted in every single way when there's a few guys that we play with that are like that Mm -hmm. and every time you're just like man like you know it just makes it so clear that like you you can just slow yourself down as well and just make like the simple play here and there you don't have to do anything crazy a lot yeah. of the time i remember <laughs> at hoop fest a couple of years ago i was playing with steves with stocks and it was between games where i was subbed out and john was watching and john says it's a, it's pretty simple game yeah because all that's all we were doing was just you know screen and roll or screen and pop and yep. just making a simple play and i appreciate that about our run too is it's like it's very much like you got to move and pick yeah. and like you got to play in a in a very you know like fundamental way maybe is the right way to yeah. say it. like yeah i've always told guys that the group the our group it's good runs because guys know how to play, um, you know, maybe not as athletic as they used to be, but they know how, mm-hmm. and it's pretty clean. Yeah, like it's it's not. It gets competitive. Yeah, and there can be some fouls, but it's not just a typical hack fest or right. guys playing out of control, right? And running into you or, or things like that. So the the likelihood of getting injured is is reduced, and that's important yeah. when as you get older. Yeah, yeah. Well, injury free. We'll get into that okay. here in a second. The, we'll cover that in the quiz. But I want to the the last few questions I want to do are um, as mentioned early on. This is your first year. You're going to be helping out Britt Kennedy at SCC. What's you know what's the experience been like thus far, and what what are you excited about? Because this is first time college level, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. first time college level. I'm. It's been great so far. And really excited to get going. I uh, joined her like March, early April okay. is when we had conversations and talked about it. And then um, from from that point, it was just, you know, showing up when it's possible and doing some easy workouts and some shooting workouts or some skill development stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, as we're getting right now, we're getting into conditioning and, and defensive technique stuff. And then. We'll start practice. Um, I think October second is when we're going okay. full. And getting there, getting close. Yeah, it's really close. Are you guys going to do the uh, ten miles in eighty minutes? No. Or? no. <laughs> I've done my research over the years, and that it's probably not probably allowed not, at this point. Probably not the greatest conditioning <laughs> test. Yeah. You know, maybe a mile or. But she's working them hard, and we've got a good group of of young of young ladies, and I think. Um, there's, we've got some talent 
Um, it's it's interesting because it'll be my first time coaching women mm. um, and first time at the collegiate level. And so there's a lot of things new for me yeah. that I have to, that I'm learning and figuring out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the core, the core of it is it's still hoop, it's smaller, uh, the ball's a little smaller. Right. And so right. I, I, when I miss in practice, I blame yeah. it on the ball. I know my dad, my dad coached both more so me growing up, but then he helped at my high school coaching girls a little bit too. And I think he always appreciated them. I think they listen better and just have a, you know, appreciation mm -hmm. for the fundamentals of the game as well. And so it'll be, it'll be good to check in and see how it goes and get your thoughts maybe in a year from now. Yeah. But. I'm excited for it to start. And Brittany's been great. And, um, she really is very knowledgeable. She's can still hoop. So she's still a good player. And, um, She's treated me um, awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, I told her to throw you in there in some scrimmages yeah. or something. She said. She said you have been. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I got in some runs. Um, I'm certainly not in the shape that I think I could be. You know, mentally, you can, we can all. Yeah. Think we're better shape than full we really court are. too. I mean, we you know playing at Steve's. It's like the smaller we've been playing outside, and mm. I just played indoors last week, and I was like, man, after like four or five games, I I gotta like get doing this again because right. it's long it's a long court right. yeah <laughs> um all right so last one before the quiz i've been asking this lately so you know to me you're you're a real rat you know you're a genuine you're a, per, you're a lifelong basketball guy i was going to ask you like what's the longest you've taken off over a period of time over the years has that been that would be injury related right. injury related but not if if it, you were able you were doing it yeah. So, and you just gifted me, you know, very kindly some books on basketball about like pickup hoops around the nation and things like that. Yeah. So, why basketball? What is it for you about it? Mm, that's that's a good question. I think when I started, you know, when I was fourth grade, fifth grade, it was um, something I could go and do on my own, which I end up doing, you know, and just ride my bike to the, to the playground or to the, the schoolyard. Mm -hmm. And kind of just, it's kind of like with fly fishing, you're very focused on it. And I don't think of anything. I wouldn't think of anything else. I could yeah. go play hoop for two hours and not think about anything, but what's going on and that those moments yeah. of the game. And so I think that w was good for me mm -hmm. growing up. And I think that's something that resonated with me as I got older is here's, you know, we all kind of need, I think we all need something that allows us to clear our mind or just have a different level of focus. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you don't have that, you could be worried about finances or your job or your relationships and family and those types of things. And it's good to, to take a, Take a mental break. Yeah, say. it's an outlet for sure. And as life goes on, and there's more and more responsibilities, it's yeah. it's meaningful too. So, and I thought that I, as I got better, and it was fun. Yeah, to make shots or make plays and those types of things. And and now it's just doing those same things, but seeing the guys is is great too. Yeah. And then like trying stuff out, like. Can we win this? You know, we're down two. Can we win this? Can I do something? Can can I set a certain screen yeah. and see if it works, and then do <laughs> <Right>. it? <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, and that's just the competitiveness. I think that just never gets out of somebody. Yeah, yeah I feel that too. Awesome. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you know the drill. Let's get to the real rat quiz to wrap it up here. Um, so quicker hitters, but you know some of them will make you think. So let's start. Uh, Number one, what's one line or phrase from a coach that you still remember <laughs> or use? <laughs> so, um, because I'm older, I've been, I got a lot more to draw on, <laughs> yeah. right? So I'd shout out a couple of coaches that I got to coach with. Um, Gaby used to say, oh, we can get a better shot there. <laughs> so I, I remembered that. Um, I got to coach with some great coaches at LC, so I'll shout those out. Uh, Scott Wortley was a guy there. He would always almost 
seemed like every day just say take care of your body. Mm. So I, I mean I've I've never forgotten that yeah. the importance of that. Um, Goler, uh, Greg Goler, he would say um, things would be better if we made shots, <laughs> which was true. Right, <laughs> things are always better when yeah you know when you're making shots. Um, I coached with a guy named Terry Reed. Um, he used to say we compete we compete to compare. Mm. I like that. And I like that. That was good. Yeah. Um, That's a nice ring to it, yeah, too. Yeah, compete to compare. And then uh, Jim Redman, um, he he would all it would just come out in our conversations or in as he's coaching the guys or coaching us as coaches or we're just talking. Just like, he would just, the phrase was, we just have to figure it out. Mm. And when I reflect on that, that's really about what coaching is. You're helping you're helping the player figure it out. Yeah. You can give them the answer. They still have to figure out how to do it. Right. If they're trying to bridge that gap. So um, those would be, uh, Fitz, Fitz would say lace them up tight. Mm. Um, <laughs> I like that. Um, so those are the, those a lot are of the good things. ones. Yeah. yeah. Good ones. All right. Well, how about worst hoops injury? So you mentioned you've had some bad ones, but yeah. So the, the ankle blowout at GU was probably the worst in terms of hmm. um, maybe maybe it goes different for me, yeah, but maybe not. Um, and then I'm playing rec league here. It's like early '97, and um, I get screened at half court. <laughs> so evidence that I was picking up right. maybe three quarter court <laughs> defense, but blindside uh, guy. Just back pick, just Oof. ran, yeah. like blindsided me, and I turned. And I was running at pretty good speed, trying to catch, I guess, catch my my guy, and and ran into this guy who's probably six eight, maybe two fifty, and just Oof. put me on the ground. And so I ruptured, I ruptured my L four L five. Oh no! And so I had to go I had surgery in February. So that became the worst injury. Yeah, and then that just led to that didn't didn't work. And so um, it, the one below it, the L5S1, got got bad. So I had second back surgery. That'd be number two. Um, the next one was that was the worst one. And then that didn't, after I healed up and still tried to hoop, and I had to have a third one. Mm. And that third one was a fusion, so that one took care of it. So, yeah. Um, and then in 2015... We were playing at the warehouse, and I ruptured my uh, or blew my uh, labrum, my hip. Oof, man, that only gives me all the more <laughs> respect for you because this is what I always say. I'm like, it's this is why I I so admire you know the people I call real rats is because you know yet after all that, like here you are, you're still doing it. Right, and three three that. back surgeries <laughs> and a repaired labrum. In yeah. My hip. And I know people my age, you know, I, I had dealt with a lot of back issues in college, but nothing that crazy. So, I mean, I have sympathy. I'm sure the backs are the absolute worst, like just never go away that pain. And yeah. And it's weird pain. Like yeah. I was having pain in my leg and I'm like, I didn't hurt my leg. I, yeah. I, the leg seems to be fine, but it just hurts. So I learned a lot through all those injuries about how the body is put together and yeah. pain referral and stuff. Man, well, so long answer, long answer, yeah. short question. Well, let's keep you healthy. That's the. I'm sure your wife will appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, how about most embarrassing hoops moment? Do you have one of those? I got a couple of those. <laughs> um, in the high school divisional tournament at the Metra. Do you know the Metra mm, in Billings? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm wide open. Get a pass. I'm wide open. Half court, and I bottom rimmed the layup. Just completely blew it. Yeah. So that was most embarrassing for a while when well, I during my tryout with GU John I went I came cut to the wing and then I went back door and it, I didn't see any opening so I just cut through and he hit me it probably threaded through five needles hit me in the face who is this John John oh wow he just okay. one-handed it and yeah. then he says if you're gonna cut <laughs> cut with your eyes up wait so why he was there so John would play with gotcha, us gotcha. before 
you could go to tra- training camp. So that was pretty embarrassing. That's incredible. That him, him and Steve. Steve's such a hell of a passer as well. Yeah. But. And then the last, I probably, I was mortified after it happened. Um, it was a couple of years ago at the warehouse, <laughs> just trying to keep my competitiveness bottled up and got the best of me and we lost or some something happened and I just, after the game, I took the ball and just slung it. Mm. And it hit the wall behind one of the hoops that separates the jazz courts from the field house courts, that okay. wall. Yeah. It hit the wall and broke the drywall. Oh, no. And I just looked at Steve and I'm like, oh, man. And that was really <laughs> – that was probably, you know, not game-related, but hoop-related. Yeah. That was pretty embarrassing too. That's uh, it's interesting though. That's a good thing to bring up. Nobody's really said that kind of thing, but yeah, I mean, we've all had those moments. I've I remember once after Hoop Fest, somebody banked in a side backboard like buzzer beater on us, and I just kicked the scores table, and I, I fell back as the people kind of jumped back because it threw all the stuff all over the place. But mm-hmm. yeah, you get mad in the heat of the moment, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, how about? How about a line of, of trash talk you remember over the years, if any uh, if any are appropriate for the pod? But I've been asking this one lately. I kind of like. Um, I rem- occasionally after our noon ball runs at GU, we would, you know, there's a group of us, and obviously me and my roommate, we were trying to go all the time together, and we would give other guys crap if they were bad, typically walking back after hoop to the cafeteria. Right. So I remember one time, I think Lance said to another guy, like, you couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. Mm-hmm. And then I followed up with, dude, if you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a thing we would throw back and forth yeah. to each other was would be that one. I love it. And it's- then, you know, Luke... Luke <laughs> Luke will call me a non-shooter. You know, he'll look at me. He's like non-shooter, <laughs> yeah. non-shooter. That's and, what uh, I love. I love that. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I, when I was referencing that earlier, I remember a couple times in a game. If it's if it's like games on the line or something, and he really wants to like affect you, he might say something like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, how about favorite basketball movie? Lots of good ones. Yeah. Um. Luke and I were talking about this the other day. Um, I like Glory Road. Okay. About uh, mm-hmm. 1966 team. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was put together, historical reference. Yeah, it's a good one. A lot of kind of lessons in that movie. Um, so it's it's hard because I could easily mention a bunch, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. At, you know, we'll see. Maybe Maybe we can get our hands on some of these going forward, but the uh i'm just interested how like basketball movies will be portrayed like going forward especially in like the modern era like hustle is probably the most recent one and right we talked about that one that's pretty good yeah if they can ca- like that one i like because they capture basketball pretty authentically and that's pretty hard to do mm-hmm. um that was something that was a huge focus for us with real rad is like let's just shoot real stuff here yeah. you know and they had real tra- i mean they had real trainers yeah um, and doing real stuff, so right. I appreciated the the realism part mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. All right, and then lastly, who's the first person that comes to mind when you think the ultimate real rat? I'm gonna say Steve Stockton. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, Big Steve. Yeah, um, I've been playing with him the longest. He's you know since '92 at least. So, mm-hmm. um, all, still organizing games, still willing to play as often as possible, mm-hmm. um, organizes it, you know, does that type of stuff. So I'm, I'm going to come so stocks. Yeah. I back that as well. He's, uh, he's so fun to play with and just appreciate his love for playing and played in every hoop fest and mm-hmm. all that. You guys played together in hoop fest this year. Yeah. I, yeah. I had secretly wanted to play with him for a long, long time, <laughs> and for a, was this the first time? Or did you play? I played with them the year before too. Oh, okay, um, he had played with my brother-in-law a couple times, and um, yeah, I got the invite a couple. T- uh, I think he invited me once. I couldn't. 
Um, but yeah, but the last last couple of years we cool. played together. He's and he's really fun to play with. Yeah, and super. Just he's a great guy. Knows the game and yeah, yeah. And super competitive for sure. Um, and that's I like that for sure. All right, Greg. Well, you nailed it. And uh, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I so appreciate you coming on. It's been fun to get to know you over the last few months and. Likewise. All the love and support you've shown for Real Rat, you know, just know that it's really appreciated and, and uh, you know, wishing you a great season at SCC. And, okay. and I'll be, we'll be tracking it and playing more hoops. But, you know, you'll be a Real Rat OG forever now. You're solidified on the pod. So <laughs> I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. I, I love what you're doing. Super excited about where it goes. And keep it up. Appreciate keep it. Keep going. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that uh, that wraps up this week's pod. Thank you to Brennan and Spokecast. Thank you to anyone listening. Uh, we will have some updates coming soon, especially depending on when this is out. But stay tuned for that. And we'll be back soon with more. So, Brennan, you ready this time for the sign out? Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>